Welcome to another edition of Talk More Talk, a solo Beatles video cast where we talk about all things in the solo catalog. And of course, we do bring up the Beatles more than occasionally. Uh, we've got a great show planned for tonight. Really interesting topic uh, that I think you'll, you'll all enjoy. And we definitely want you to get involved, which is people, and it can be artists, it can be musicians, producers, singers, songwriters that you would either like Paul and Ringo to work with or you would have liked them to work uh, with them, uh, people that you would like George and John to have worked with. And let your imaginations run wild. We are we are <laughs> going to, this is, this is a, a, you know, reality-free zone in some ways tonight with, the, with uh, this conversation. So uh, I think we'll, you'll really enjoy it. Um, and so uh, before we get to our main topic, as usual, introduce ourselves. Uh, my name is Kid O'Toole. I am the author of Songs We Were Singing, Guided Tours to the Beatles' Lesser Known Tracks, and Michael Jackson FAQ, All That's Left to Know About the King of Pop. Uh, you can find my writing in Beatle Fan um, on something else reviews blinded by sound culture sonar um all different places and it is my honor to introduce the uh gentleman that i am lucky enough to host this pot or this video cast and podcast with uh, every other week uh so uh, first off he is the host of his own channel on YouTube, a very popular one where he talks about collecting. He talks about, um, you know, he takes you along on some of his record store searches and, and, uh, and record shows, really fun stuff, and, uh, and some good comedy thrown in there as well. So uh, he's known as Mr. Mayo, but we just call him Joe Mayo. So, hey, Joe. Hi, Kit. Hello, how you doing? And how you doing there, Tom? How you doing, Ken? Good to see you. Hey, Joe. Joe. All right. Next up, he is the co-host of the popular podcast, now video cast as well, uh, Two Legs, a Paul McCartney-centric uh, uh, broadcast. They always have interesting things to say about every aspect of Paul's catalog. Um, they bring on terrific guests uh, and uh, just always a pleasure to listen to. So uh, so give it up for Tom and Yachty. Hi, Tom. Hey, kids. Hello, my queen. And uh, Joe, Ken, it's great to see you guys as well. And uh, speaking of terrific guests, I'm looking forward to having you back on really soon. 
absolutely. I'm looking forward to it too. And uh, and last but definitely definitely not least, he is uh, the host of the long-running syndicated uh, program, um, Every Little Thing, where it really is every little thing. He taught, you know, he always puts together really interesting themes and plays some lesser-known stuff as well as um, you know the the hits. Uh, just always a, an interesting, interesting broadcast, as well as uh, co-host of the popular podcast Things We Said Today, um, which is another one where they cover so many topics. It's it's impossible to list them all here, um, <laughs> and uh, and definitely a a longtime fixture of the Beatles community. Ken Michaels. Hi, Ken. Hi, Queen, the Queen of Everything. <laughs> We're going to call you now. <laughs> I'll take it. It's getting to be that, isn't it? Yeah, the queen of everything, huh? My my reign is is getting bigger and bigger. It's it's really good to be the queen. It is. Yeah, it's good to be queen. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And I see people are already tuning in. Hello, everybody, and also hello to people who are watching this on YouTube, listening to this on iTunes and any other podcast platform of your choice. And we definitely want you to get involved in our conversation tonight. But before we get to that, as always, uh, let's go with the news first. So, Ken, what have you uh, what have you got for us? Okay. A lot has accumulated in the last couple of weeks. First of all, news broke in the last few days about a documentary in the works on Paul McCartney that will span his entire career, The Beatles' Wings and his solo works. This documentary has actually been 12 years in the making. And it will culminate in Paul's live performance at the Glastonbury Festival this June, which will be captured by filmmaker Charlie Lightning, who won an NME award last week for a documentary he worked on for Liam Gallagher. Mm. Lightning is quoted as saying, referring to Paul, he's helped me with what I do and I adore him. He's trusted me and to have someone like that to see up close and work with, that's inspiring. It makes you better at what you are it makes you want to be better. The film will include interviews with Paul, and so far there is no set release date yet. Certainly they can't release it. They can't right. even give a date because the concert happens in June, so right. they have to include that. So that's interesting. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I really hope that, you know, all aspects of his career are, are equally there. You know what I mean? I hope it's just not so much Beatles and then you get you know, five minutes of wings and then five minutes of his solo career. Yeah, which I thought you was know? a little disappointing with the, with the Scorsese documentary on George. I mean, I right. enjoyed there was so much, so many nuggets for diehard Beatle fans in there, but I felt that was a little too uh, Beatles uh, based at the, uh, for too much, and they overlooked some parts, important parts of George's career. I thought later yeah. on. Yeah, so no doubt about is, that. Is, yeah. Right, and then the thing is, is you know, you got uh, ten hours worth of, of of Beatles stuff on the Beatles anthology for for what you know, thirteen years because they do start with uh, what fifty seven or whatever when when they meet. Um, here you got fifty years. I mean, you got actually you got sixty years. You yeah. know, how do you do that <laughs> in two to three hours if that's yeah. what it's going to be? You know, yeah. can you do that? You know, I mean. That something like that, I think, really needs to, you know, be 10 to 15 hours. You know, it's just. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. I mean, you what know, you said yeah. about the Joy Harrison documentary, yeah. you know, there was way too much on the Beatles in there. Yeah. And then they jumped from 
1974 to uh, I think yeah. well well to John's death, and then yeah. to uh, not even Cloud Nine, the Traveling Wilburys. Right. <laughs> it's like <laughs> what happened in all those yeah. other years. You know? <laughs> Yeah, so right. um, it's very difficult when you're dealing with so much history and condense it down to two hours. I don't know how long this is going to be. They haven't said yet. Yeah. But even yeah. still, I'd like to see something really in depth. It'd be yeah. great if it was just on Paul's post Beatles career, mm-hmm. you know, just on that alone. There's so much wow. to cover right there. So we'll see. But yeah. uh, it's nice to know that this has been in the works. Didn't know for 12 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. It's a long time. Meanwhile, Paul and wife Nancy were enjoying themselves while seeing the Eagles in concert at New York's Madison Square Garden Saturday night. They were on the uh, floor, front row, with a very animated Paul cheering them on. He's like a little kid. He was going like this. <laughs> so, That's me in nice concert. It's <laughs> <laughs> copying you. It's right. like when, when, when Paul goes to sporting events, he's like that very often. Mm. So. Great. Other news at the Oscars Awards last weekend, Billie Eilish sang the Beatles classic song yesterday while they presented their in memoriam uh, tribute to those in the entertainment industry who we lost in the past year. Billie Eilish apparently is a big Beatles fan. At an early age, she performed on stage with her father the song Happiness is a Warm Gun in a school competition. And when she was on James Corden's show, she performed a brief version of I Will on ukulele. In an interview from last April, Eilish said, I think if you listen to my music and what I create and what me and my brother create together, there's so much Beatles inspiration in there if you really listen for it. Just because their lyrics and their harmonies are unbelievable. They're so nice to your ear. They just feel good to listen to. End of quotes. The Beatles were actually represented in some of the movies nominated for Best Picture of the Year. Marriage Story had Sgt. Pepper outfit shown in one of the final scenes. And Jojo Rabbit used the Beatles recording of Kim Give Me Dinah Hunt in the film. Mm. And believe oh. it or not, it's on the soundtrack album. Oh, cool. it at a, wow. you know, it's very rare when a Beatles recording is on a soundtrack. Right. So, uh, and Come Give Me Dinah Hunt is on there. Hmm. Okay, Um, yeah. Very often, Record Store Day has releases for Beatle fans, and Steve Hoffman's board is saying that there will be a limited edition 2020 ultimate remix from the original multi-track tapes for John's classic Imagine, not Imagine, Instant Karma, Karma. and that's coming out on April the 18th. Yep. Okay. Lawrence Juber has just released his fourth CD of acoustic guitar covers of Beatles songs. This one is called The Fab Fourth. The CD includes 16 Beatles songs, one of which is a bonus track, all beautifully mastered on acoustic guitar. Lawrence will be a special guest at the upcoming Fest for Beatles fans, which happens the last weekend of March at the Hyatt Regency in Jersey City. If you want more information about the Fest, just go to thefest.com. Hmm. A while back, we reported on a new album coming from former lead singer for Styx, Dennis DeYoung. It'll be called 26 East, Volume 1, which will have Julian Lennon making an appearance on it. The album comes out April 10th, uh, but a two-sided single will be released in March. Julian has made a duet with Dennis, and it's called To the Good Old Days. And Hmm. that will be the A-side, Julian Lennon with Dennis DeYoung of Styx. 
Okay. I will admit that's a duo I didn't see coming. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never saw that coming. Hmm. Well, I read something a while ago where he always wanted to work with Julian. So cool. I guess uh, right. Julian felt the same way. Hmm. So um, more news here. The band The Empty Hearts is one that many Beatle fans are aware of. The quartet is made up of Elliot Easton of The Cars, great guitar player, Wally Palmer of The Romantics, who was also in Ringo's All-Stars, Clem Burke, the drummer for Blondie, and Andy Babuick, who uh, we know as Beatles author for Beatles Gear. He was also in a band called The Chesterfield Kings. On Valentine's Day, they released a new single, very 60s sounding, called Remember Days Like These, and they got Ringo to drum for it. That must have been yeah. quite an honor for them. It's currently Absolutely. available digitally. Okay, again, that's The Empty Hearts, and the song is called Remember Days Like These. And thanks to one of our listeners, Bob Keeley, he let us know there's a new cover version of John Lennon's Oh My Love being sung by French soprano soloist Patricia Pettibon on her new mm. album called L'Amour, La Morte, La Mer. So that means love, death, and the sea. It was released on the Sony classical label. You can check it out on YouTube. Okay. Patricia Pettibon. That's P-E-T-I-B-O-N. All right. And not Ichibon. Uh, what's that? <laughs> not Ichibon, right? <laughs> no, Ichibon. Ichibon. <laughs> All right. And uh, well, for many years we've had a Beatles festival held in this country called Abbey Road on the River with Beatles tribute acts from around the world performing at the show, as well as special guests appearing. This year, for the first time ever, they will stage an additional show on Long Island. It's called Abbey Road on the Island, and it'll mm. take place on Labor Day weekend, September 4th through the 6th at the Tilly Center at Long Island University in Brookville. And there will be headlining acts such as Peter Asher, Lawrence Juber, the Weaklings, and the tribute band, The Fab Four. Tickets actually go on sale February 28th. And if you need more information, you can visit their website, which is abbeyroadontheisland.com. Abbey Road on the River will have their festival at Big Four Station Park in Jeffersonville, Indiana. And that's May 20th through the 25th. You can visit their website, which is arotr.com. And finally... Got to make sure we don't forget this. Tomorrow, <laughs> it's Yoko's Point? birthday. Oh, no, no. <laughs> 87. 87 years old. Happy yeah. birthday wow. to Yoko. God bless her. Thank you for all the great work mm -hmm. you've done and keeping John's name out there. Mm -hmm. And all the great all right. projects she's worked on. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, it for and the point is released yep. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, okay. No, my Amazon, my, my, my Amazon said the 18th. Okay. But either way. Oh, okay. Either way. Okay. okay. I have it right here. <laughs> oh. Ooh. Early copy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, thank you, Ken. Now, before we get to our main topic, uh, we have a special show and tell for you guys tonight. Uh, so, uh, Joe, why don't you go first? You have something, uh, a collector's edition that's very special that uh, you want to show yes. everybody? 
Well, Ringo Starr just has a uh, reissue come out from Friday Music, his album Ringo the Fourth, and it's become available in two different kinds of colored wax, red wax and gold wax. I wound up getting both. It's a long story, <laughs> wow. or maybe a short story. But, but I, <laughs> do I need to? Ah, that's the collector in me. But uh, I'm going to just show you briefly the gold one, which is really nice. Uh, and, you know, it's hard to do here on camera. You can't really see the swirls in this. There is, if you hold it up against the light, it's gold. Gold swirl, the marble, but it's not really. There, that's a little better. You, see this, you can see oh, some that's swirls cool. in there. Yeah. It's oh, really... Cool. Uh, Pretty cool looking, yeah. Uh, when you see it in person, it, it's nicer than on the camera here. So that's cool. I like it. And uh, some people are still waiting for their copies. I mean, I've I've actually seen it in a couple of stores, which I was happy to see. You know, because yeah. usually they don't carry stuff like this. I don't think Ringo. Mm. But um, yeah, some people ordered them, and I don't think they've got them yet or they shipped them yet. So I was yeah. lucky in this case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've got mine yet, but... Oh, yeah, I already have. Well, I played the red one. I played some of the red one, yeah. not, not the gold one. It sounds good, too. I'm surprised. I know a lot of negative things are said about Friday music, and sometimes uh, it can be hit and miss from my experience. Uh, but I like the sound of this one, even though they're probably just taking it right off the... The digital probably I wouldn't be so surprised you just take it off the CD or something. It I is guess. a it is a common practice that they take them from the digital source and not the original analog source. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and uh, but you know it, it, it's nice. A little, little pricey, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. Uh, yeah. What is it? You know, they also there's also something going around that the uh, the the plant where they made the they make the that, lacquer yeah. uh, masters has burned down or something for vinyl to make to make the vinyl out of the make a major plant oh, so that's yeah, the talk in a lot of people for people collecting vinyl now that it's going to be there's going to be a problem possibly getting newer vinyl out or maybe uh maybe more expensive if that's possible just yeah. you know talk right now but this did happen and we don't know how that's going to affect everything yet hmm. yeah the production yeah. of a new vinyl yeah, I'm glad you found it in the store. I know I was teasing with you a couple days ago that you know I got 20 of them out here, and none of them, none of them are carrying it out here for some reason. But uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, hope surprise. to have mine in the mail. Hope to have mine in the mail soon too. Yeah. All right. And uh, so that is that is really great looking. I love the gold yeah. vinyl. Um, and Tom, yeah. you have something uh, to show as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean this. Yeah. Um, if you haven't, I mean, I'm sure a lot of you have seen this. This is volume three of the wonderful series called A is for Apple. And this says everything, every, you know, everything about the, uh, the Apple core uh, business, whether it's memos and, or, you know, if you were assigned to Apple, you're in here. Uh, if you had anything to do with Apple, you're in here. And there's a, you know, great chapter about the, uh, the Apple Scruffs from Sarah Schmidt, which uh, is, is, is really wonderful. And uh, the guy has really put in a lot of work in here. I mean, you can just tell, I mean, it's, it's literally, it's, it's almost eight pounds. I'm telling, honestly, it's almost eight pounds worth of book right here. And, um, uh, you know, I know a lot of people that watch have been getting these uh, books as well, and it's 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 a great read. It's a fascinating read, and there's a lot to learn. 
um, in all three volumes so far. And uh, I feel a little smarter after reading some of <laughs> what's in here, um, you know, but, you know, like a lot of the authors today, I mean, these books are a labor of love for, for everybody that's working on, on them. Um, and, um, you know, originally it was supposed to be a three volume set, but uh, volume three is only April to August of 1969. So that just goes to show you how much information you're getting right here. And uh, it's usually what seven hundred pages worth. Um, wow. Yeah, it's this is over <laughs> six hundred pages right here, and uh, just all the detail you're getting, whether it's record labels and you know picture sleeves. I mean, you're getting all the information uh, you would want to know about Apple Core uh, in here. And I love the title; it's called uh, "Decline," which is I think a great. <laughs> <fucking novel. laughs> Yeah, there's a little dig there. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. So that book, that book is out now, and and if it's still um, available, I definitely recommend you, um, everybody checking it out. It is a little bit on the pricey side, but um, it's de definitely well worth the worth the price, yeah. in my opinion. Are yeah, they are. Are they all limited? Sorry. Yes. Yeah, I think they're all limited. Free? Actually, yeah, actually, uh, that's funny you said because it's 500 copies, and mine just happens to be uh, number 62 of 500, so it's a low number. So that's oh, low high. number. Yeah. So it is five. It is 500 per uh, per copy. Um, when when volume two came out, volume one was sold out, so they they reissued volume one. They did another limited run on that too. So I don't know if there's still copies uh, out there of that, Ooh. but um, definitely. Uh, definitely check it out. So great wow. stuff in there. I mean, that's everything you'd ever want to know about Apple. Yep. For all exactly. the people that yep. not only follow the Apple artists, like right. I was hearing on your Two Legs podcast, yeah. even if it's mm -hmm. an artist that had a publishing contract but still didn't have music on the label, right. it's covered mm -hmm. in the book. I mean, that's absolutely. That's just yeah. to dig I mean, up even, all this information is amazing. Even even people they were considering, you know, signing, you know, that that information's in there. You know, they considered wow. signing Crosby, Stills, and Nash, you know, and they they passed up on that. You know, you know, so. we just on things we said today when Peter Asher was on, we asked him about that, and he mm -hmm. didn't remember that. Okay. So, but yeah, I guess this is more certainly more detail about it. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Huh. Yep. So, yep. So, if you want to know the complete story of of Apple, and it's obviously an ongoing project, yeah. Uh, check uh, check these books out. Yeah, they are critically acclaimed and and very mm. thorough. Yes. So, great. Yeah. All right. Thanks for sharing that, Tom. All right. Let's get to our main topic now. Before we we start sharing our picks. Um, I thought we'd just sort of, so everybody uh, knows, and, and of course we want to hear your selections as well. We are going to talk about people that we would have liked to have seen collaborate with John, Paul, George, uh, and Ringo. Um, and we are leaving this wide open, as I mentioned at the start. Producers, songwriters, musicians, um, people that you think would have you know, worked well with, with any of them, uh, and perhaps people you want Paul and Ringo to work with in the future. So I guess before, before we get started, I just wanted to, to sort of get from you guys, what were the, what, how did you go about, you know, selecting people? I mean, obviously we didn't just pull stuff out of the air. What were, <laughs> you know, sort I of the criteria, <laughs> if you <laughs> no. will, that like, how did you, how did you go about picking the, you know, these, uh, you know, particular people. So, so Tom, why don't we start with, uh, with you? 
Yeah, thank you, Kit. Um, well, a little bit I picked influence. I mean, there's there's a lot of artists out there that influenced them that I would have loved to have seen them work more with, uh, whether or not their their career was on a similar path or if their writing styles were the same as one of the four solo Beatles or if if they were a producer or a songwriter that, that maybe could have, you know, helped in, in one of their careers a little bit. Um, and then I'm going to say something too um, that I was going to say, but I'll say it now. I also kind of wished and maybe it'll happen more in the future because I know Paul's you know worked with Lady Gaga I would have loved to have seen them work more with women with more women in their careers Ooh, rather than yeah. just their wives rather than just their wives um so I've I picked you know a couple women for you know for John Paul and and, and George uh, you know Ringo's worked with a couple already um so um so that's one of the things that I that I you know, thought about as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, just artists that I think kind of, you know, mirrored their career and or would have, you know, came up with a good song, you know, <laughs> if, you know, if their singing styles were the, were the same or, or if their singing styles were a little different and maybe blended together well. So it's, that's just, you know, my thinking of the whole uh, process was. Yeah, and, and actually, Joe, you were saying before the, the broadcast that, you took a bit of a different approach that that you went with you know more unusual picks uh, uh did yeah. you have any well some, behind that? some some similar like you know uh, like tom was saying about mirroring kind of like you could see them having a style that's similar but also a contrast maybe you know in some cases uh so that's basically i try to what think would gel in well with what you're kind of used to hearing it's more along their their style but also contrast so mm. i did that and i you know i wound up not picking many a lot of the ones i have i think we're going to find are probably people that a lot of us thought of but um you know uh, we'll see how that plays out i have one at least i think is going to be pretty uh, much of a surprise when we get to it so I'm looking forward All to right. feeling it amount of the outside the box guesses great that's that's what uh mm. what we're talking about tonight so yeah. ken did you have any particular criteria because you were saying you had a hard time narrowing down <laughs> well, yeah. cer certainly with paul mccartney i had a, a tough time narrowing it down yeah. you know i could spend an hour just talking about who i'd like to see paul work with but because my main focus has always been more on songwriting i, I yeah. wanted to focus on that I was thinking more about that than say what producer would work best with any of them. And I wanted to pick artists that I felt in many cases were of the same era with them and are really great songwriters that I feel just for some reason would work together. Well, you know, it, it isn't just a case of they're my favorites, although in, in, all these cases they're among my favorites and true i would look for contrast if i think it could work together well with that beetle but um yeah like i said and, and it's a good point that you made two good points actually tom there i, I definitely would like to have seen them work with more women and mm. and artists that uh, the beatles were influenced by yeah. as well you know yeah. their heroes mm -hmm. so i went in that direction but um this will be interesting. Our choices. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really psyched to hear them now. Yeah. Um, I, I went through some similar things. I tried to think of artists that would, you know, as, as 
many of you have touched on, complimented them. Uh, were there some songwriting styles that I thought would, uh, you know, were a little similar? Uh, some that producers that I thought would would work well that if they worked well with similar artists uh, that you know, why wouldn't they work with John or Paul or, or whoever? So, um, yeah, I mean, it was really interesting to, to go through. And, and I was always coming up with new people when I was just driving the car or something. I mean, <laughs> to pull yeah, off, yeah. write that down. Yeah, stuck in a traffic yeah. jam. Think about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. I can't tell you how many things I, I forget. You know, I, I'll think of it right as I'm closing my eyes to fall asleep. And I'll forget to write it down. And then I wake yep. up like it's gone. Forget yeah. It. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I yep. yep, I have learned absolutely always write it down when you when you think of yeah. it. So and we already have some great suggestions here and we'll we'll get to as many uh, as we can if we don't get to it on the air. As you guys know, we always look at the comments uh after the show on YouTube, on Facebook and also uh so we're not ignoring you. We will uh we will get to them. All right, let, why don't we start uh we'll just go, you know, each each one and uh, each beetle, and then I'll we'll just sort of go round robin and maybe just talk about a couple of people. We'll start with that if we have time to talk about more. That'd be great. But we'll just start with a, a couple per per beetle. So um, a lot of people have already been uh, bringing up Paul in the in the comments. So <laughs> why don't we start with him? So uh, um, so uh, Joe, why don't you uh, kick us uh, kick it off? Uh, well, already one I see Mark P. had one obvious one, George Harrison, with Paul. Uh, I'm always surprised yeah. that he never really took the opportunity to write with George. And I think there was a little joke, too. Uh, one of the interviews with George once said something like, well, I've, I don't know, I've only been here, you know, yeah. many years now he's interested <laughs> in working with yeah. or so, and, you know, Paul used to say, you know, I realize I never, George and I have never worked together. You know, that would be interesting. I just, I can't believe that they never did. Um, that's an obvious one, but that's mostly, I guess, uh, because, you know, you know partners you know uh, in the Beatles and everything and maybe afterwards it's kind of like trying to get a reunion going that whole thing people would start thinking oh the Beatles reunion maybe um, but then I thought Carol King and Paul you know yeah. I mean uh, John and Paul was such admirers of hers Goffin and King they wanted to be wow. the next Goffin and King really right, right? Yep. when they were writing together and mm -hmm. uh, she's she's wonderful she's written so many things that a lot of people out there Myself included for a time, didn't even know that she wrote like something like, say, Pleasant Valley Sunday. Uh, uh -huh. the, mon the monkeys did it, you yeah. know. I didn't know that for the longest time, you know. Sometimes I just don't look and I found out. I'm like, wow. So, I mean, I could just see them together. Uh, that, that would be some, some sparks. I think they would have some amazing songs together. Both of them are some of the, a couple of the greatest songwriters, male and female. Uh, yeah. Putting them together, oh, <laughs> it makes me get giddy thinking about it so um that's just two for paul if you want just uh, a couple uh that yep. i thought of i don't want to take everybody's choice because because <laughs> i know ken's gonna have all my, a lot of good ones up there too so if you only want two th th those are the two that i'll start with all yeah. right that's uh, that's great and yeah it's one of those i think we're all going to have these moments where yeah i just thought carol king will of, duh why didn't i think of that that, that is a yeah. natural uh yeah, yeah natural hearing that, that'd be natural yeah. woman yep yeah. i mean that that would be a real real treat to hear that's for sure so yeah. all right uh, great way to to kick us off so 
Uh, Tom, how about you? What, what are you know, interested to hear your picks since you're the Paul yeah. McCartney <laughs> podcast uh, um, host? Yeah, you know, um, for Guy, um, I'm almost just a big a biggest fan of his work as I am as Paul's, and um, you know, this artist actually introduced or introduced. Uh, uh, Paul into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and that's Neil Young, and um, he's someone mm. that's multi multi talented. As as Paul, he's got a prolific career. I mean, his he's got music that you know to, to, from here to Timbuktu, um, you know, music in the vaults that we've never heard, probably just as much as as Paul da, does. And um, I think their singing styles are very, you know, I think Neil's singing style is kind of unique. That would something that I think would pair good with 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 Paul. Um, you know, they both both do acoustic guitar well. They both do piano very well. Um, so those two things I think would be no problem at all. They're both great songwriters. Um, I think Neil's a little closer to maybe John side of songwriting to Paul, but um, you know, Elvis was Elvis Costello was a little closer to John too. So I think maybe that that kind of combination, you know, might might work. And I think we probably really get some good material from those two, um, whether or not it's acoustic or, or electric, uh, both of them could rock out just as well as anybody also. So that's that. Um, I, I'm not the biggest ABBA fan. However, I'm going to cheat a little bit. Uh, Agnetha and Annie, when they do their choruses during those ABBA songs, they're, they're terrific. And I love their singing together, and I would love to see what they could do with with Paul McCartney, um, whether or not you know if, if it's a song or collaborating with on you know on an album or or just a song or whatever. I just think it would be really interesting because the, their choruses a lot remind me of, of Wings a little bit because the, all the vocals are together, they they sing well together, their their harmonies are are wonderful, and those two women I think could add a little uh, excitement uh, to to a Paul track as well. But obviously I'm, I'm thinking maybe more in the 70s. Uh, I think this would have, would have been a great collaboration, especially when both of them were on top of, both acts were on top of their game. Uh, not that Paul is, isn't on top of his game now, but I mean in, in vocal, uh, yeah. vocal range where they can do no wrong, uh, all three of them, you know, and I think those uh, those three would would make an excellent. Um, I like that. I like that song. a lot, Tom. Yeah. Oh. Didn't expect that one. That no, I love the way those it, women blend together. Yeah, I love the yeah, way yeah, they make it, a good point. I it Ooh. just came to me over the weekend too because I was blasting uh, the name of the game uh, song, and that's just one of my favorites of that they do, and and the way they sing the chorus together is just uh, you know perfect in my opinion, and uh, it's uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Huh. I agree. That's yeah. really that is fascinating. And by the way, folks, we did not share our picks ahead of time with each other, so, <laughs> no. so we are reacting yeah. in, in real time. Yeah. So that yeah, that is fascinating. I mean, I can I can the way after you explain it, I think I can I can hear that. So mm. that's that is really interesting. Okay, Ken, I know you've been waiting for <laughs> two weeks. There ain't enough so, time in the show for for what yeah. I thought, well, just, You just should have made Paul the last. <laughs> yeah, right. That way we could add in some extra honorable mentions to to that as well. You know, Come on, yeah. let's take a drink. But one <laughs> one thing I wanted to say, which which um, when we we're discussing this idea, 
was that we can also mention people that they already have worked with that you'd like to see them continue working with. Yeah. So of the three, the three songwriters with Paul that he's had the most serious songwriting collaborations with, those would be Denny Lane, Eric Stewart, and Elvis Costello. I would welcome a return for Paul to work with any of them. I mean, I love the work that Paul did with Denny Lane during the Wings days. A lot of great songs there. I think Eric Stewart was highly underrated for his work in Press to Play. So many great songs like Footprints and Tough on a Tightrope. Yeah. I would love to hear more songs with Paul and Eric Stewart and Elvis Costello. There really is a sharp contrast between Paul and Elvis. I love their collaborating together. Elvis gave uh, Paul songs, stronger lyrics, darker lyrics. Yeah. More an edge. Um, yeah. So I'd like to see Paul return with any of those three. Yeah. All right. I'm going to mention some very obvious ones. I'm going to mention just a few. Um, Jeff Lynn. I mean, I know Jeff Lynn was on Flaming, Flaming. Pie. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't, they didn't write songs together. And, right. you know, he has this amazing gift for writing such well-constructed pop songs you know, he, he knows orchestration. And, uh, you know, the two of them combined, they're such geniuses. I mean, I'd love to hear a whole album of, of Paul working with Jeff Lynne. Um, Paul Simon. Paul Simon's yeah, one of the greatest songwriters yeah. of all time. I and, have him uh, too. You know, apart from the fact that, you know, uh, the Beatles were such so great at doing harmony work, Paul Simon's a master from all his years with Art Garfunkel. And, uh, you know, I'd love to hear great harmonies between Paul Simon and Paul McCartney together. Um, Paul Simon is such a great lyricist as well as Melody Man. So is Paul McCartney in both. Right. But um, they have mutual respect for each other. I always found it kind of odd that despite the fact that Paul Simon performed with George Harrison on SNL, it's one of my favorite moments ever in the history mm. of the Beatles. They sounded so great together. And Paul Simon never yeah. wrote with any of the Beatles. And yeah. I really wish that uh, he'd have worked with Paul McCartney or George Harrison or John Lennon, for that matter. Paul Simon's one of the greats. How can you go wrong with those two? You know, and there's still time. Better. There's still time, Paul. Yeah. Paul Simon. <laughs> Paul. Paul and Paul. <laughs> Pauls. Um, I'll, I'll mention one more, and it's someone else that Paul has worked with, and uh, we're all big fans of Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder is my favorite artist in the world next to the Beatles. Me he's too. one of the greatest, the greatest songwriters. He's one of those people like Paul McCartney who can do anything, play any musical instrument. If the two of them were to seriously write songs together, Ebby and Ivory was just Paul writing that song, and it was a duet with him and Stevie, and they right. sounded great together. What's That You're Doing was more of a jam that right. resulted in the studio. I mean, 50-50, eyeball-to-eyeball collaboration, the two mm. of them you know, it would have to end up being something of the highest of quality. So of if that could ever happen just once, you know, I mean, these are all pipe dreams for us, I think. But, yeah. uh, you know, I'd be happy with one song that's a real serious songwriting collaboration between Paul and Stevie Wonder, you know. Yeah. But there's plenty <laughs> more here that I'll get to. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've got plenty too. I mean, our, our, you know, our, our, you know, speaking of Paul Simon, I think, uh, uh, you know, harmoning, you know, Paul harmoning with or harmonizing with Art Garfunkel, I think, would be something special as well. You know, especially on a, you know, on a nice ballad. You know, I think those yeah. two would, would have, would have sounded great together as well. I think so. 
Art can harmonize so well that yeah. sweet, gentle voice that he's got. Absolutely. You know, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. and Steve Sanders put Peter Cetera up there. And I, yeah, yeah I would have loved to have seen him collaborate with any of them. Yeah. yeah. That, that would have, yeah, their voices would have blended nicely together. Mm -hmm. Jeff yeah. Kendall said Smokey Robinson. I hadn't thought about Smokey Robinson. I saw that, yeah. That would be natural. That would be natural. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Especially well, George Harrison should have worked with Smokey Robinson. Right. <laughs> he only wrote two songs that were dedicated to Smokey Robinson. So, yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I've been first in line to buy that album. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, let me just quickly share a couple of my Paul picks. I, I took a little bit of a different tack where I thought, you know, a lot of people and, and you know, I think everybody here and watching is guilty of this, that, you know, when Paul collaborates with younger people, um, that we tend to say, oh, you know, what is he trying to do? And, you know, he's trying to sound younger and so forth. And, and yes, yeah, some of those collaborations, you know, haven't worked out as well. So I looked at it as, okay, who do I think he could work with that's younger and, you know, but it, it would be a, a promising kind of uh, collaboration. Uh, one of the names that came to mind was Beck, because mm. Paul has talked about that he's a Beck fan, and they could do like almost like a Fireman album together. Oh, right? absolutely! I, yeah. <laughs> That'd be really interesting. Is I'm I'm yeah. I'm a fan. Um, that you know, I just think his stuff is so innovative, and and he he can sort of do anything too. He's very versatile. Yeah. Mm. So I I think they could do something you know, very interesting together. Um, and Beck, this is, and Beck, real quick, and Beck is oh, actually yeah. a really good singer. I mean, he performed on that Echo in the Canyons uh, documentary and did a few tracks on there, and he's actually, you know, a really good singer. Hmm. But I was thinking about, I really liked, as a producer, what Babyface did with Eric Clapton in the 90s. Huh. That, was, that was a collaboration that really shocked me as to how well it worked. Uh, I mean, I remember when that was first announced and I you know, just thought, you know, really? Um, and so, uh, you know, but then Change the World came out and I thought it worked extremely well. Um, mm. And, you know, for some of Paul's popular material, um, I think, um, you know, Babyface could have done something, uh, you know, really interesting with it. I think they would have been on the same wavelength, or they would be on the same wavelength in terms of, of melody. And, and, you know, we all, and we've talked about this many times on this show that um, Paul, you know, has, uh, you know, has delved into R&B more than once. <laughs> so, oh, sure. Yeah. So, yep. Can you see me now, Tom? I can see you and I Woo! can hear you loud and clear. No, okay, right, excellent. Um, and so, anyway, um, so I was just sharing. Babyface was my pick to produce. Oh, Babyface, interesting. Okay. Yeah, because he did such this. good work with Eric Clapton. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I was really impressed by that. So I, I'd be very curious as to what you know they could do together. Mm, okay. You know, absolutely. So. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, I guess, let's move on to John. And, and there's, uh, uh, the some people have already been mentioning some uh, John picks here, but, uh, but why don't we go around and, and talk about ours? So, uh, so Tom, why don't we uh, start with you this time? All right. Thank you. Um, well, um, picture, if you will, the rock and roll album as a duet album with uh, a lot of uh, the people that inspired John, um, I 
kind of cheat. It's kind of cheating, I know, a little bit. But, uh, I mean, it would have been really cool to see him do, you know, those songs with Little Richard, Fats Domino, uh, Chuck Berry, and Benny King. I mean, can you believe, you know, Stand By Me as a duet with Benny King? I think that would have been really something special. <laughs> um, I know the reason why he he did the uh, the rock and roll album, but I, I still think that maybe Chuck Berry could have, he, you know, appeared on there to get some little, get a little more notice at that time. Um, you know, so I don't see why he wouldn't have, you know, done a, a duet with one of the songs that John did on that uh, album. So that, I think that would have been really cool to see, you know, him do that. If he was going to do that album, you know, to bring some of those people on to, uh, to perform with him on that album. Um, Female wise, um, I think it would have been really cool to see him do uh, something with Debbie Harry. Um, I think she's uh, very adventurous, you know, or could be very adventurous, just like John could be a little bit adventurous, you know, in different styles <clears throat> of music um, and, you know, in singing. I think uh, they could have, uh, uh, you know, a duet or a song between them, I think uh, could have been. Uh, uh, pretty interesting, you know. So well, he he did mention Blondie that he listened to Blondie yeah. right before he died. So mm -hmm. he's aware of them, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. I could I could picture that absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, definitely from you know what we heard on Double Fantasy and and what became Milk and Honey. You know, I mean, he was definitely right. interested in. You know, I hate calling Blondie new wave, but they're kind right. of thrown into that category. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. They yeah. Are. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so, yeah, I think that I agree. That'd be a, a natural collaboration. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, all right, Ken, how about you? Well, again, I'm going to go with um, the artist that John already worked with. If, if I could have picked three people in the 70s that I would have loved John to work with, it would have been Elton John, David Bowie, and Harry Nilsson. <laughs> I, <just laughs> wish, I wish that they had done well, so much know. more together. I right. mean, vocally, vocally, uh, John Lennon and Elton John sounded great on mm -hmm. whatever gets you through the night. I just wish that they could have written something together. Now, I know Elton John, you know, Bernie Taupin's his lyricist. I think Bernie would have let Elton work with John Lennon for a few songs to write uh, some songs together. I just think um, they sounded f so good together mm -hmm. on those few songs and on Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds with Elton John. Um, and we all know how much Elton loved John Lennon. So I think the two of them would have been really great had they done more work together. It's a shame with David Bowie that they only worked on fame and the cover of Across the Universe. Okay? They're both such innovative people. And the creativity between the two of them, between Bowie and John Lennon, Elton John and John Lennon, you know, in the 70s, they were so groundbreaking with the, with the music that they came up with. They would have fed off each other, I think. They yeah. would have been more creative together. Um, you know, I can't you know, think of all the great stuff that David Bowie did, especially in the 70s. And if John Lennon really worked, again, 50-50 collaborations with someone like that, I think that could have been amazing. Mm. Bowie was someone that, like the Beatles, was always evolving and changing with every single album. Right. And, uh, you know, it would have pushed John Lennon more. Yeah, you know, I agree. I agree. In that uh, in that department, Harry Nilsson, such a great singer. It's just a shame that as much as I like Pussycats as an album, he shot his voice at the time. Yeah. But um, they still could have written a lot more together. Yeah, you know? that would have been nice. Besides Old Dirt Road, and um, I'll just mention a few other people because I know that with 
the uh, rock and roll album, you mentioned all those 50s rockers and all. Yeah. Definitely John with Chuck Berry. Yeah. You know, I wish that they could have written a song together. When mm -hmm. you think about not only did John love Chuck Berry, but a song like New York City is so right. much a Chuck Berry song. Yes. And, and uh, so is uh, Move Over Mizelle, as far as I'm concerned. Um, if they could have written one song together, Jeff Lynn is another person. I always keep mentioning Jeff Lynn. You know, at least John was aware of ELO. Yeah. Yeah. I think he respected the them. Yeah, definitely. Um, because he was on the, the interview with Dennis Elsis on WNEW talking yeah. about one of their songs, how it sounded like I on the Walrus. You know, Showdown was the ELO song. Son of Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, I will say um, Ray Davies. Hey. Ray Davies Ooh. is a big fan of John in particular. And um, Ray Davies has got the qualities of both Lennon and McCartney. He can right. write really interesting lyrics, very cynical lyrics, very biting lyrics, and then he could also be very poppy, you know, in, in the music that he writes. So um, I know Ray was a big fan of, of John in particular, so I would have liked to have seen them. And again, the only person that I listed for John, Paul, and George is Paul Simon. Another great Yeah, I would have worked with any of them. Yeah, yeah I could definitely right. see uh, John and Elton doing the same procedure that Elton had with uh, – with uh, Toppin, where you know Toppin would 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 write the lyrics and then give it to Elton, and then Elton would write down the uh, the music for that. Ooh. I mean, I could definitely see that kind of setup working with uh, with John and Elton as well. Yeah. John, John and Neil, and Neil and Helena, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's perfect. Right. Perfect. perfect. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Great. Great picks. All. So, Joe, how about you? What have uh, What have you got? Um, I'm surprised I have a few that nobody's mentioned. I was going, who can don't say them? Uh, <laughs> I have, uh, well, nobody said Bob Dylan yet. And uh, that, that could go for Paul as well. You know, yeah. I mean, bounce back and forth. Sure. I'm like, I know Dylan really respects uh, Paul as a songwriter. He's been talking about him and then his, right. his way of writing. But, you know, if, you know, John and, and, and Bob getting together to write something, you know, lyrically, how, how would that be? You know, mm. that would be pretty cool. Uh, I came up with a kind of a, might seem like an odd choice, uh, but Mike Nesmith of the Monkees, because later on in the 70s and such, he started having albums that were kind of a little offbeat, a little experiment, you know, experimental, different than what you would think he would do with the monkeys. And, you know, later on, of course, uh, you know, he did stuff like the, uh, what was it, the elephant parts and things, a lot of weird things. Mm -hmm. I thought maybe that would be kind of interesting, uh, him and John putting their brains together and trying to see what what they could come up with together. Some more yes, sense of humor, too. Yeah, yeah, a, a good, good pairing, I think. And then I thought, <laughs> this is a stretch, but, and I'm not sure of the years. I think this he, this person was active, but from the Talking Heads, oh, David, uh, Dave, David, David Byrne, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, with John Lennon, like a little earlier, you know, what is it, late se I guess late seventies, yeah, maybe. 70s. Yeah, uh, Psycho I Miller. think that would be really wacky. You know, I keep thinking in the term of, you know pushing the envelope being a little more outrageous in some ways yeah i wonder what they would come up with together you know yeah. so those are some names that uh came to mind and i like, uh, that, one. I like that one a lot yeah, yeah it's kind of yep. kind of odd you know i don't know so it's it was no, good it was that, something unusual 
I would, yep. I would love to hear that. I think, yeah, I mean, you know, they would have, I think they'd be on the same wave, wavelength, um, you know, in songwriting. Yeah. And yeah. I could, I sure. could see them doing that. So that's great. Yeah. A lot Good of uh, David Burns stuff with the talking heads is so, you know, out there and quirky and yeah, kind of weird at the time. It, it's, you know, kind of like Yoko yeah. in a way. Yeah. So, right. you know, John yep. loved what Yoko was doing. I'm sure he, he. I think he even mentioned the Talking Heads too, right before he died. As among the artists that he was, that he was. He might have. Yeah. Oh, he did. Oh, wow. I think right. he did. Yeah. Wow. Well, another good choice. Raspberries. Eric yeah, Conner, so he yeah. Raspberries. Raspberries. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, Richard. Yes, Richard mentioned them. Um, all right. Well, just a couple of quick picks of mine. A few people already mentioned this. Um, uh, it toward the beginning of the show, and this one is a total you know, total fantasy because the, you know, the time, uh, the timeline doesn't match, but I would have loved to have uh, heard John work with Rick Rubin. I think yeah. a yeah. Rick Rubin, you know, I mean, what he did with Johnny Cash was just, I thought incredible. I mean, the, that stripped down sound and, and yeah. really, you know, he kind of ushered in a, another uh, stage of, of Johnny Cash's career. And yeah. um, I think that would have been really interesting, you know, for, for those, for those two to collaborate. Cause again, you know, I love the stripped down sound. Mm. Um, obviously Rick is, is certainly interestingly, he got his start in hip hop, but you know, right. he went on to then record, you know, more lean more heavily toward rock. So, um, yeah. and I think he has great respect for for his artists and and seems to you know really know how to help them you know bring out their best qualities and he, uh, he did that for neil diamond as well that 12 song yes, album right. is brilliant. Hmm. brilliant yep absolutely i forgot hmm. that that he did that with neil diamond yeah. so i think uh, you know that they would have been an incredible pair and then for songwriting uh, Joe Jackson would have been interesting, and and because I'm a I'm a, a, a fan, and um, you know he's got that great snarkiness that that John would have liked, um, and uh, but again he's very versatile. Um, you know, he could do everything. I mean, he started off, you know, as kind of a new wave punk, but then he gets into jazz, he gets into all different, uh, you know, can really do all different things and, and is a really, I, I think, very clever uh, songwriter. And I would have loved to have heard what, you know, he and, and John could have done together and, and uh, you know, just, I mean, who knows what direction they could have gone in, but I think for their kind of, as I said, a little snarky sense of humor and all that, that would have been fun to hear. <laughs> right. so. yep mm. all right so okay we got to get to the last uh the last two is we're uh i knew we'd only get to two at a time <laughs> there's so many so we <clears throat> may have to may have to do a continuation of the show later um uh let's do george uh yeah. let's let's start with that uh so uh, ken let's start with you this time okay in repeating with uh who a beetle has already worked with I love George working with Bob Dylan. And for whatever the reason, if George is doing a Dylan song, he feels right at home. Yeah. And whether it's If Not For You or I Don't Want To Do It. Do it. Yeah. Um, early Takes Volume 1 had Mama You've Been yeah. On My Mind. He just feels so natural doing a Bob Dylan song. They wrote I'd Have You Anytime. Of course, there was the Traveling Wilburys, the two albums. But I just think they were a natural pair. 
I don't understand why they should have made a whole album together. Right. It just fit. And, you know, it, it's a weird thing because you think of Bob Dylan as the great poet that he is. I right. see I see Dylan fitting more with George Harrison than with John Lennon. I do, too. Because, oh, yeah, I'd say so. Because yeah. of what already happened, you know. With uh, yeah. with George and Bob Dylan, so and and George I, was a big fan too, uh, just a fan of the Bob's yeah. anyway. He's always yeah. promoting his stuff, right? Talking about him. So I'm kind of surprised I didn't um, go as far as to try to make, you know, an album or several more songwriting collaborations of just the two of them together. Right. Um, also, again, Jeff Lynne, more work with Jeff Lynne. <laughs> um, Dave Edmonds, I loved when he worked with yeah. Dave Edmonds. Oh briefly. yeah. yeah. You know, and Carl Perkins, which he, he already worked with him on the Carl yeah. Perkins TV special. They did a great song together on Carl Perkins' album, Go Cat Go, called Distance Makes No Difference with Love, where George does some great slide guitar work and great harmony work. Wouldn't have minded if the two of them wrote together. I mean, mm -hmm. the two of them loved each other. I mean, yeah. that's the hero of George's right there. Um, of people that George didn't work with, he always mentioned Ry Cooter as a guitar mm -hmm. player. You know, so it's kind of strange that despite his admiration, they never got together at all. Um, this may seem a bit strange to you, but I can hear it in my head. Uh, Jerry Garcia. Hmm. A lot sure. of Grateful Dead music. You know, when I hear Jerry's vocals in particular, it's kind of very light, right. not as forceful as George's. I can hear George singing some Grateful Dead, you know, um, and also members of the band. God damn it. Oh. All right, you're done. You're done. You went past your limit. Don't let him go. Put him last. And then there's Paul Simon. Okay. <laughs> Paul Simon. I got Paul Simon too for George. I have Paul Simon for everybody. Paul Simon. Just like you said, Ken. Okay. John, John, Paul, and George, Paul Simon. Right. Oh, exactly. He could have worked with any of them for sure. Right. All, all. Certainly, I mean, you can see any of those picks. That's that's for sure. So, yeah. uh, Joe, how about you? Uh, well, I, I, you know, I'm looking for what's different than what's been said. Uh, he is really out there. I, I don't think anybody had Mark Knopfler. And I only say that because of gu Ooh. guitar reasons. Ooh. Imagine the two of them maybe trading guitar uh, playing yeah. together. I uh, Thinking along those lines is really why I thought of Mark. I'm thinking, like, who could I imagine, you know, playing with, with George? Um, I wouldn't want him to show George up or anything like that. Uh -huh. But uh, it'd be interesting to hear those two together. And I had Paul Simon down here, even though, of course, like Ken said, that Saturday Night Live appearance is one of the highlights in all of Beetledom. You know, yes, when there's special moments that were, they were great moments. Another one, the Take Carl Perkins up. and Friends special Take that with, down, with George kid. and Ringo. Yep. I wanted to say the band so damn bad, but go ahead. Uh, Sorry. Uh, there it's um, well, You know. <laughs> and uh well, well everything else has been mentioned really. Um for George. So that's it. That's what I got. All right. All Definitely good pick. So yeah, definitely Paul Simon uh, seems to be <laughs> everyone's. Oh, no and, and the band, the, <laughs> and the band. Yeah. Yep, yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do it. I didn't do it. <laughs> I myself. 
<laughs> oh my uh, god. All right. Okay, Tom. So <laughs> what are your picks? All right. Well, anyways, um, but all seriously, uh, all seriousness, um, you know, he's George has worked with a lot of great musicians on his albums. He's you know, he's using some a lot, but there's a lot of different ones coming in and out of his out of his albums. But you know, seeing you know, hearing an album with with the, the band itself, I think would would have been great, especially probably you know early to mid seventies. I think would have been would have been, would have been a real treat. I like I love Paul Danko. I love Levon Helms. Uh, both of their uh, vocals are, I I I love um, dearly, and I think they would be great backup singers for for um, for uh, for George. Um, Female wise, for some reason, I, I just think Joni Mitchell. Um, I, she's a, also a great uh, acoustic guitar player, just like George is a great acoustic guitar player. And I, I, I think their styles of, of playing, I think, would mesh well. And, and lyr lyrically, I, th I think they're both wonderful lyricists. And um, uh, I think their lyrics and, and singing would, would go together well. But um, and then also for some reason I I I see I think Neil Diamond especially in the early '70s period, um, you know before he uh, got into you know doing the big productions with with all those ballads that he did starting in the late '70s and then going into the '80s he did a lot of you know he did more ballads than he did um, rockers if you will or more upbeat songs um, you know before he started doing you know stuff like September Morn and you know Semi Flowers and all that stuff you know so um for some reason i just see you know neil diamond working with them um back in that that early period as well but that's really interesting i hadn't yeah. thought of that and um yeah i mean i could see their their writing styles particularly as you said the early period right. uh meshing well together so yeah it is a good this is great. A lot of picks. I and and people are sharing some wonderful picks uh, yeah. as well. Underneath, I've tried to get as money on screen as I can. Um, all also, right, just quickly, uh, my picks. Uh, oh, did you want to say? Something? I just want to say uh, with yeah. Joni Mitchell, George did work with the LA Express. Mm -hmm. Joni's mm -hmm. backing band, so back band. there is yeah. that connection right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a very interesting one that I hadn't thought of. Yeah. Joni, there you yeah. go. There you go. All right. And, and as for me, uh, just a couple I thought of. Uh, okay, talking about we'll, we'll stay with the female singers theme. Uh, Linda Ronstadt. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I would have loved that. I mean, she, and she's kind of like Paul Simon, where she could have probably worked with any of them uh, because she can sing darn right. well. Any, all different styles of music. All different styles. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's just incredible how versatile she is, and um, I think their voices yeah. would blend beautifully together. And um, I mean, they could do anything from folk to you know, little country right. twang to you know, kind of an R and B thing like uh, Pure Smokey. I mean, she she could do it all. Um, yeah. I I would have loved that. Um, and uh, kind of in that vein, my other pick, James Taylor. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, oh, I sure, think for yeah, sure. that would have been a heck of a pairing. And of course, James Taylor knew the Beatles and and uh, had right. worked with Paul. Um, but uh, but I would have loved to have seen what he could have done yeah. with uh, with George uh, Harrison. Yeah. I think you know their their styles would would really meld well together because they're yeah. you know I I kind of think of them in the same way that they almost 
create their own genre. I mean, it's hard to explain. Like if somebody asked me, you know, how will you explain James Taylor's sound? Like he's a little bit of all different influences and then right. kind of combines to make his own. And George Harrison is, is like that as well. Yeah, so yeah. maybe that's maybe, really good. You know, I was thinking of James Taylor for Paul originally, but I didn't, it never that occurred too. to me. George, George, I think yeah. George is a really good fit kit. I like that. Mm -hmm. maybe, yeah. maybe James could have stole the opening line of one of George's songs. On there the you go. <laughs> then they'd be, they'd be even. Good, Tom. <laughs> good one, Tom. That's yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> then then it'll all be even. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> all right. Last but definitely not least, Ringo. Yes, Ringo. Um, and, and I'm I'm very curious to to hear all of your uh, ideas. Oh yes. So, oh yes. Okay. So Joe, since you oh, seem you. to be <laughs> chomping at the bit here. All right. We'll because at the beginning you. I said you know I'm gonna have I, however I worded it I'm gonna have something very different and I don't know if anybody thought along these lines but it has nothing to do with music it has to do with film. Mm. Okay. Because Ringo was in the movies you know right. uh, and I've always thought of this. I would love to see Quentin Tarantino get Ringo for some kind of like outrageous part, even if it's a small part, because in the movies, Tarantino's films, he used to, especially the beginning, not so much now, but he did it with Bruce Dern, too. He takes people that maybe were not doing so well. They were older school and they and brought them back. Pam Greer was in one of the movies, Robert Jackie Ford. Brown and some yeah, other Robert people. Foster. Yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. and I thought, yeah. you know, what, you know, Ringo, if he did a blind man type role, I could see like a, maybe even a bad guy or something, yeah. and put him in a movie, a Tarantino film. I used to think about that long before we were doing this show. I, I would like to see that. Uh, Quentin, come on, man. You're a Beatles fan. You must be watching this. Think about it. Ringo. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I, I get the impression that Ringo may not be much into that kind of thing anymore with the films, but yeah. <clears throat> it would be interesting. Imagine if, if if people started hearing about him a little bit. Maybe he was going to be at the Oscars or something. That would, that would really be wild. <laughs> uh, well, then, then, you've got I, two people already agreeing with you, Joe. You have, uh, <laughs> oh, I, oh, yeah. Just, I didn't okay. Tarantino and Ringo. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. You know, you and know, and Martin. It, Martin agrees with you as well. So there, <laughs> so there yeah. you go. You know, in the movie, in the movie, you know, the movie Blind Man. I mean, he played like a, you know, a thug, a, a, a right. bandit, yeah. a rapist, or whatever. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not, you know, it would be so against type. I think it would be cool. He could be a good guy too. I mean, you know, mm. but um, and then musically, um. I started thinking along the country lines, and I started thinking, like, you know, when I think of Ringo, I think of country. I'm thinking Garth Brooks, uh, mm -hmm. thinking Johnny Cash back in, you know, earlier, you know, uh, for the country flavor, Ringo. Uh, those two I thought of also. And those are my picks for Ringo. <laughs> <laughs> very very good ones yeah I, and i apologize i i can't uh scroll down to, to to quote the person but uh but they said um you know love to see ringo do another all country album buco blues yep. so, yeah, oh yeah no question absolutely mm -hmm. so uh ken how about you okay Along the lines of people he's already worked with that I'd like to see him return to working with, <laughs> there is Vinnie Poncia. Mm -hmm. They wrote a lot of great songs together in the 70s. I, I wish that they would, you know, get back and uh, try it out again. Um, I wish he'd return with Mark Hudson to some degree, as long as Mark doesn't try to make it too beatle -y. 
<laughs> on his records. You know, of recent uh, collaborations, I love uh, the works of Van Dyke Parks with Ringo and Richard yeah. Marks. And I've always mm -hmm. liked Ringo working with Joe Walsh. The two mm -hmm. of them really just sound so natural together. Yeah. And a lot of Joe Walsh's guitar playing, especially his lead guitar playing, is very much like George. You know, mm -hmm. so some of the songs, especially on Old Wave or Fill in the Blanks, you know, the songs yeah. that he wrote with Ringo, they're really good songs. I just think they're a natural pair together. Gotta get up to get down. That's right. <laughs> there you go. Everybody That's on the internet. Thing. What about that? <laughs> um, I couldn't resist. <laughs> also, I gotta say, yes, Joe, we were thinking alike here. I wish that he would make an album, another country album again, and do mm -hmm. an album, say, of duets. And he can have old school country artists like Willie Nelson, who he's already recorded with. And he mm -hmm. could also do songs with people like George Strait, Garth Brooks, like you mentioned, um, Chris Stapleton, who's very big right now. Um, Josh Turner, people like that, an entire country album. His voice just sounds so natural that I think whether it sounds like an old country song or even something more modern in the country field, it just fits. Ringo's mm -hmm. voice fits in that genre of music. Mm -hmm. And also, one of the okay, rare moments when I'm going to mention, <laughs> if I haven't mentioned any, any producers yet, but oh. it would be interesting if he worked with Richard Perry again. Okay. Just to see what would come out of that, because his biggest <laughs> success was in those days with yes, the new album and Good at Vienna. Yep. You know, I don't know how active Richard Perry is anymore, but mm. yeah, it'd be nice know. to see them work together again. Gotcha. Cool. Absolutely. Good. Yeah. Good suggestions also. All right, Tom, you're you've been raring to go too. So let's <laughs> let's hear your picks. Yeah, you know, and exactly. I mean, I think everybody here would love to see him do another country record. Um, I went with the producer for this country record, and this is uh, uh, this gentleman's name is uh, T Bone Burnett, who mm -hmm. is a uh, very you know, great uh, country. I mean, he's a great writer. He's a good producer. He did the music for uh, Walk the Line, the Johnny Cash film. And he also did uh, the, you know, music for Crazy Heart, the Jeff Bridges uh, film, which he won Best Actor for. So um, I, th I think that uh, those two could uh, collaborate and, and make a really strong uh, country style record and maybe a little bit more modern sounding. I mean, if that's the direction he wanted to go, although I would love for a more retro sounding country record myself. Um, sticking with the uh, the ret or the uh, the modern sound, um, I I think a collaboration with Jack White would be kind of interesting uh, with Ringo because you know he's also a drummer, he's also a writer, he's also a producer, um, and I, I think um, you know something along that lines would be kind of interesting to uh, to to hear, you know maybe go in a direction that uh, Ringo doesn't you know, normally go in and then maybe challenge him a little bit more uh, as well. Um, like I said, um, uh, Jack is a drummer as well. I would like to see, you know, Ringo pushed a little bit more on the drums because I got to tell you, I mean, I, I think his drumming these last, you know, so many years is hasn't been, you know, definitely not inspirational like his work with the Beatles have been, you know. Um, so I would just love to see, you know, him, you know, Get a little more crazier on the on the drums uh, in in the future if you were to work with uh, someone like Jack White. He's done a lot more work on the drums mm -hmm. uh, on his more recent albums, and they're yeah. more upfront. Yeah. And you hear more. This last album, I think, was a yeah. little 
Would you right. agree? I mean, more than usual. I know what you're saying, yeah. Tom. Right. But I yeah. thought I thought this one was a little more, real. I, one of the yeah. things I liked about it so much was how punchy it was. It was a lot more good drawing mm-hmm. on the front. Mm-hmm. And I miss miss those great fills that he that he. I mean, I don't think you know yes. his fills are as as predominant as you know they once were. You know, I agree. So, yeah. hmm. I agree. Yeah, those fills yeah. were so. That was his, you know sort that of. Was Bernard, that was Bernard Purdy. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, I don't want to start any any you know, you know rumors become facts here. No, it was not. We're not, we're not talking about sweetening up the uh, the Tom Sheridan stuff. That's right. right. Oh, that is funny. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> who could, who could Remember our that? myth our MythBusters show, Joe. You're starting a myth. Yeah. Now. That's right. Yes, yeah. They will Can't do Mythbusters Volume 2. I... Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. And finally, just a few quick uh, picks of mine. Um, also, I, I tried to think of artists that not only country, uh, but also ones that, you know, have kind of a, you know, sort of a sly sense of humor, too. I mean, you know, Ringo's, a Good lot choice. of his best songs, yeah, yeah have, have a yeah. little, you know, humor like that. Um, so. Yeah, well, actually, <laughs> it, just, it just popped in my head when you seriously, said. Joe. I was thinking about Weird Al, oh, I, and, and I'm and I'm saying this completely seriously because you know he is a serious uh, musician. I mean, a lot of people, you know, don't give him enough credit for that. So I, I'm I actually Weird Al was on the list. So that that's <laughs> yeah, it. once again we're on the. Al. Once again, we're on the same page. Um, another one. Now this isn't country, but um, Rivers Cuomo. Uh, from Weezer, I think he could write some oh, interesting oh, stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, because you know, he did some great stuff for the monkeys, and okay. um, and again, he's got that you know wry sense of humor and, and you know, that he uses in many Weezer songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have loved it to have him at very least write some stuff for Ringo, um, and preferably play on them and, and all as well. Right. But uh, that was another one, and then for. The countryside, uh, Jimmy Buffett could be interesting. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, I, I could see them doing a duet. Well, kind of like he did with Alan Jackson, you know, it's five o'clock somewhere. Um, <laughs> you know, it's something, you know, it's kind of funny, but it's, but it's also, you know, catchy, memorable. And, uh, and I, I would like to see what they could do together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, their songwriting and all sort of is, and, and, you know the kinds of stuff they do. They're, it's fairly similar in in terms of theme and and so forth, and leaning toward humor. So that would be interesting to uh, hmm. to hear. So uh, yeah, th- yeah. There so there have been some great picks here that uh, yeah. you know I think a great you know some outside the box and and some that you just think why didn't I think of that? Yeah, for, and for female, you know, if we're talking yeah. about some more female, cho- another female choice with Ringo, Josh Stone. Oh wait a minute! Yeah. <laughs> wait a minute! Yeah, that, that, uh, he did. Oh, forget wrong that. Wrong song. Wrong song. Yeah. <laughs> I still I have fun with that. Believe it or yeah. not, I think it's it's out. It's outrageously. It's fun. Crazy. It's light. You know. I think it's great. I think it's great. We didn't have a lot of the same choices too. No, yeah, yeah. this worked. Out. It's, it happens a lot when we do. I notice when we do the show, it seems to work out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So that's uh, yeah. See, I see. I told yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Can I mention a few uh, more? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> if I take one minute, I race through them. <laughs> go. All right. Uh, for Paul McCartney, this is all Paul. Um, Elton John, yeah. Billy Joel, Carol yeah. King, Burt Bacharach, one of the greatest songwriters ever. I'd love to hear just one song, the two of them. Brian Wilson, 
They've never I, written a song together. They did a duet together, but they didn't write together. I got it written on the top. I don't know if you see Brian Wilson's name. <laughs> I thought they might have they might have done something together, so I didn't mention it. Maybe I didn't know. <laughs> no, they, they recorded a duet called The Friend Like You. Yeah. There you go. That's which, what I was thinking. Um, yeah. Which uh, Paul had nothing to write. He didn't write any part of that. Brian okay. wrote that with Stephen Kalinich, who's a poet friend who's written with Brian and with uh, with Dennis Wilson too. Um, uh, Barry Gibb. I mean, he's, 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 he's the last. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so so there's more that you all have, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't want to hog it too much, but yeah. Steve Miller. Yeah. They yeah, did yes. great work together. I know that there's actually more songs that they did together which haven't come out. Um, James Taylor, yeah. I can hear with Paul. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, Chrissy Hind. Yeah. Um, Chris Martin from Coldplay might be interesting. Um, and as a duet, Gladys Knight. Yep. Because uh, Paul did say, I think around the time Memory Almost Full came out, he was on WPLJ in New York and he was asked the question, if you could record a duet with someone you haven't recorded yet with who would it be he mentioned gladys knight she's one of my heroes and i also just want to say one thing of people who have passed away that never worked with paul in the last couple of years it has really hit me prince mm. prince yes. would have been really interesting oh you have That's him on too? my list my friend oh. <laughs> it is on my list i'm sorry mm -hmm. no, that's all right. That's all right. But, but really um it makes a lot of sense because he has such pop sensibility. Yeah. You know, writing songs like mm -hmm. Manic Monday, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Raspberry Beret, those songs that are very poppy, 1999. And then he has that I don't give a damn attitude where he wails away on guitar and does whatever the hell he wants. Mm -hmm. So he would bring a lot of edge to Paul's music. Yeah. And uh, they both respected each other. You know, I think that um, when I hear a song like uh, Party Party, you know, mm -hmm which some people might think is a throwaway or whatever. If Prince was a part of that song, he would have pumped yeah. it up. It would have been yeah. a lot livelier. He would have oh, brought definitely. more juice to it. Oh, you know, yeah. Someone like Prince would have been really good for Paul to work right. with. You know, I definitely think. And um, I guess that's it. I have one yeah. other person I'd like to mention as a producer. Yeah. All right, one more. Yep. Now Rogers. Oh, that was yeah. on my list. Okay. <laughs> now Why did you say it? He's a yeah. huge. It, he's a huge Beatle fan, and yeah. I love what Nile did with David Bowie. Absolutely. For Let's Dance. Let's I dance. actually like. Um, he was one of the co-producers for Mick Jagger's first solo album, mm -hmm. which I liked a lot. Yeah. You know, fifty twos. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. The yeah, with the Love Shack and that, yeah. that whole thing. Yeah, that's yeah you know, there was, um, there was a, a picture of, of Paul sitting with Willie Nelson on a piano a few years ago. You know, yeah. did anything come of that? I mean, I would have loved to have heard, heard you know, those two do uh, something together as well. Yeah. I don't know of anything. I think it's more yeah. recent. I could have yeah. sworn it. Yeah, it was like a couple that. years ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> Well, boy, we've got endless possibilities here. This this may be a, a subject we may have to revisit in a in a future show. As I'm sure we can come up with uh, with even more names. But uh, but this was a lot of fun. Really great uh, suggestions. I mean, some outside the box, some just naturally would would fit in. So uh, so wonderful yeah. wonderful yeah. choices. All that was really great. So I guess can't believe the time has gone by so. We're going to yeah. have to start winding it down, so we'll uh, we'll go around and uh, 
talk about what uh, what we're doing and everything. So, uh, so Joe, why don't we start with you? Go to YouTube, the YouTube channel. <laughs> Subscribe to me, Mr. Mayo. Watch my crazy videos where I do a lot of comical things, but also talk about the Beatles and the solo Beatles. Uh, i got to do some more of that. I'm kind of like veering away and uh, always collecting stuff, always trying to fill a lot of holes in around here to match the one in my head and uh, <laughs> just trying to get a lot of collectibles and stuff. So give it a shot. Check it out. I thank you. All right. <laughs> Excellent. Tom, how about you? Well, you know we've been uh, we've been real busy at the the Too Late Camp. Um, our latest episode we posted last week, and it features uh, author Robert Rodriguez, and um, he's a big bootleg guy. So I thought, what a great guest to uh, to have on to talk about a, a bootleg. Uh, well, songs have been coming out slowly but surely, but this was a uh, you know bootleg uh, throughout the you know late seventies and early eighties, and that was uh, Cold Cuts. So he came on and we talked about the history of Cold Cuts, and uh, it was a real thrill to talk to him about that. And we also talked about uh, a little bit about the uh, the upcoming uh, Let It Be release and um, what he would like to to see with that release. And that was really interesting and fun to talk with him about as well um so um and uh, in the future we've got the lovely and talented uh, the queen the kittle tool she'll be on the show real soon and it's going to have to have something to do with this guy right here uh, michael jackson we're going to be doing the uh the paul the uh what's was it uh, the mac jack uh episode um so um we're going to be discussing the uh the uh uh, Everlast or the, the the great collaboration between Paul and Michael Jackson, and um, that's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, yeah. and Ken Womack, if you're watching, I'm coming after you too, my friend. So uh, I'd like to see you uh, come back on the Two Legs as well. So uh, you can reach out to us at Two Legs Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram at Two Legs Podcast. And um, like I said uh, two weeks ago, somehow our our uh, original uh, Facebook page was uh, was unposted and. Um, for for whatever reason, but we have a new uh, two legs uh, page up right now, so it's just two legs podcast. So if you want to go there, like the page, I really appreciate it. And then you can check us out on YouTube because now we're a video cast as well. So head over to uh, two legs, a Paul McCartney podcast on YouTube, and subscribe there. And uh, again, um, thank you everybody for listening, and I really appreciate it. All right. Exciting stuff happening for sure. Hmm. All right, Ken, you always have a lot of stuff going on. So what's uh, what's new with you? I'll get to the point first. <laughs> I have a special content uh -huh. on my website, KenMichaelsRadio.com. Three copies of the new Blu-ray for The Point, which has loads of bonus features, yes. including an interview with the guy who played Oblio. Mm. In mm. The Point. Do you know who that is? Mm -mm. The voice of Oblio, Mike Lookinland, for all you Brady no Bunch. Fans. Brady Bunch. Yes. Bobby oh, Brady. Yep, that's right. It's right here. Just go to my website, kenmichaelsradio.com, and right on the homepage, it'll tell you how you can win a copy of the new Blu-ray, which is also available as one of nine prizes on my Beatles Trivia and Games page. Speaking of Michael Jackson FAQ, which I also <laughs> hold in here, this week, this week only, you can win a double shot of Kit. Yep. For those of you who can't get enough of Kit, you can't wait and, till and who can't? The next show. A double shot you of can. Kit sounds like it would be a, a great drink. 
when you're out here, Kit, we're gonna have to come up with a uh, a Queen Kit uh, drink. I think we'll so. I think so. That. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so I have these two books, which you can win together as one, just for this week only. It's part of my weekly Beatles trivia. Um, just go to the Beatles Trivia Games page at KenMichaelsRadio.com. Uh, let's see. My show, Every Little Thing, the live broadcast, which is this Wednesday at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on WNHU, uh, will be all George Harrison for his birthday, which is uh, next week. George Beatles solo, Traveling Wilburys, George-related, one full hour, plus Beatle News at WNHU.org this Wednesday um, at 8 p.m. Uh, no things we said today, this week, probably next week. Mm. Okay. Oh. All right. So uh, that's what's going on. All right. Always, always very, very busy. I, I know. And that's, uh, and that's great. Double and, shot of kid. Do you mind yeah, if, well, I, if I show something? Yeah. Real quick. Uh, something else I wanted to show. Um, this, this, a lot of people I, I've, I've noticed are, are uh, fans on his on Facebook. And the gentleman's name is, uh, is uh, Rick Young. And he's an mm. artist. And he does charcoal on paper. And then recently I picked up one of his pieces and I just wanted to, to, to show it and just let Ooh. everybody know what, what amazing work this guy does. And this is, um, yeah. you know, what? So, beautiful. Yeah. So if you're, uh, you know, you know, fan, check out his uh, page, Rick Young and, uh, you know, help support the guy does great work. Mm -hmm. Great. Excellent. Yeah. All right. And as, for me, um, I've been doing a lot of broadcasting lately, so I will get back to writing as soon as I can. But I uh, was recently, I talked about it last week, um, I was on uh, the show uh, Gabby Road, which is a, a great, fun titled, uh, uh, it's a radio show and podcast that comes out of Chicago. You can listen to the podcast, just uh, go onto YouTube, uh, or no, excuse me, go onto iTunes and, uh, and just look up Gabby Road and I'm uh, on the uh, February 9th episode, we're talking about Beatles and Ed Sullivan, of course. So uh, so there's that. Uh, I was also on a good friend of the show on uh, Ed Shen's uh, podcast, When They Was Fab. A number of us have been been on that before. Um, and I we had a two-part conversation about Paul and, and when he sort of started accepting his um, you know, elder statesman status and, and, you know, kind of talking about it in his music and, and so forth. Fun conversation. And coming soon, uh, I will be appearing on Tomorrow Never Knows with Mr. Mayo. We're going to be doing, ah, uh, cool. you know, we're going to be uh, recording that this Friday. I uh, don't want to say too much more about it yet. Yeah, I, I, I didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, so no, no. <laughs> I wasn't sure yet if it's going to work out. No, no. So, nope. We're 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 doing it. We're doing it. And uh, and then I'm uh, taping an upcoming appearance on I don't know some show called Two Legs. Have you, yeah, have you guys heard of that? Yeah, well, that's yeah. going to be a good show, and I'm not just kissing up. That sounds like a really interesting. <laughs> with, uh, an F, you know, really with Michael Jackson discussion uh, mm -hmm. with Paul and Kit on there. It's going to be good. Yeah. Yep. Oh, thanks. Well, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a mm. lot of fun. It's been uh, been too long since we've done a show together. Yep. So uh, mm. on two legs. So that'll be great. So that's all coming up. Um, of course, th thank you all for joining us. We love hearing from you. In fact, yes. you can email us yep, at uh, talkmoresolotalk at gmail.com. 
We're on Twitter at TalkMoreTalk1. That's the number one. Um, and of course, head over to our YouTube channel and subscribe. Like our Facebook page and you'll be notified of the latest episodes. The next one will be March 2nd. I can't believe we're already uh, into March. Jeez. It's going mm -hmm. to be 2001, uh, 2021 here in a couple weeks. Yeah, that's what it feels that's so like. Quick. Uh, yeah, it's the only time yeah. of year I can't wait for it to move fast. Yeah, <laughs> right. This time I'm fine with it moving quick. Get to the, get to the spring. Yep, uh, I'm with you. Yeah. Exactly. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. Um, and uh, for Ken Michaels, Mean Mr. Mayo, a.k.a. Joe Mayo, and Tom Hanyati, this is Kid O'Toole, and I'm going to leave you with a quote, uh, paraphrasing Ringo, since a week from this Saturday is my leap year birthday, my first birthday oh. in four years. <laughs> so, to so to paraphrase Ringo, um, I uh, want you to shout and leap about next week. Oh. So okay. <laughs> join me in that. Nice. So uh, thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Peace and love. Take care. Bye. Happy birthday, Yoko. Yeah. Talk,